0: Amen. It's a good day to be in church, yeah? yeah? It is. We had a really great first service, and uh, I am just loving having the opportunity to kind of walk around and say hi to people between the first and second service. I haven't had the opportunity to do that before, just but with some of our shifts and service times and stuff, I'm getting to say hello to more of you and remembering kind of one new name every week. So, you know, after a thousand weeks, I'll have all of you memorized. So... That's all right, right? Um, I want you to uh, feel free today, and I said this last week, and and this is just going to be a given now, okay? I want you to feel free to use your smartphones or your tablets or whatever when we're in church Sunday morning. Here's what you do. Turn the sound off so you don't drive the people around you crazy. But if you use a cell phone or a, or a tablet or whatever to take notes, you feel free to do that. If you are a person who likes social media and you hear something good that's said, then put it out there. Tweet it, put it on uh, you know, Instagram, whatever, and uh, let the rest of the world know what's happening in here. If you're a person that goes, I don't like smartphones and I don't like technology, then pull out your pen and paper because I promise you there's going to be some things today that you're going to want to write down. Okay, So pull it out, because at the end, I'm going to really get you to pull it out and to to take some notes and stuff. So you might as well do it now. And you go, oh, she really means it. She really does. So really, really go for that. How many know that um, we started a new theme this year? We launched it on New Year's Eve. How many recognize if I say Inside Out Church, you go, I've heard about that. Yep. Inside Out Church. That's what we said we want to kind of use for a theme for I don't know, the next while, and uh, we're gonna talking about opening the doors, flinging the doors open wide, being outside of our building, and we've talked about saying there's three parts of Inside Out Church, one was do good, say that with me, do good, if we do good deeds out there, outside of our walls, people see God, and the second part was love each other, say that with me, love each other. In here, because sometimes in other places, we don't do that all that well, and we said if we love each other in here, the way that God, the, the love that is in the Trinity between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, people see Jesus. So do good, love each other, and reveal Jesus. Reveal Jesus. Simple, right? inside out church. And so we've been talking about that. And then in order to accomplish that and to be able to do it, we kind of threw this phrase out of owner's care. And we said that every person who is a part of Evangel, every person who's here has to be an owner and not an owner in a consumer sense that says, well, I want this church to do for me what I want and my preferences and my, you know, cater to everything I want, but rather I'm really proud to be part of something that's my church. And we said, owners Care and we even threw a little a little bit of West Jet in there to make to make the point. Owners care, yeah, Your Owners care, yeah. Owners care, yeah. It's in the air, yeah. Owners care, yeah. Owners care, yeah. Let me tell you, owners care. How <laughs> many go? I can't believe she shows that in church, right? It's okay, right? It's okay if we have a little bit befell- of Actually, I'm really hoping that will get into your heart and your soul. And in the middle of the week, you'll find yourself going, owners care. Yeah, owners care. Because <laughs> re- then you'll remember what's been happening on Sundays. And that's a good thing. But we all said that owners care. Owners in a church care. Say it with me. That's my church. That's- oh, come on. Say it like you mean it. That's my church. Church, right? And we talked about that and we said people got to step up and find their place and, and a bunch of you did a couple of weeks ago and it's been happening. A number of people are stepping up saying, I want to be an owner. I want to be part of what's going on here. I want to find my place and, and see what I can do to be part of it. And, and I just think that's fantastic. And so um, we're going to keep on unpacking that whole owner's care thing a little bit over the next few weeks. Um, I have been in a boatload of meetings since I got here to Montreal, since I got here to Evangel. I have been in more meetings, you know, meetings for this, meetings for that, committees for this, committees for that. And and they're good meetings. They're good meetings with good agendas and, and good people, and it's getting stuff done. And, and there's a million of them. And one of those meetings that I was in was our finance committee, because we have an excellent finance committee here at the church. And they had some tough decisions to make, so I thought I'd take a little picture of that for you and show you kind of, what came up on the agenda, the finance committee says we need to stop building bridges to the community and start building toll roads, okay, or charging user fees. It's a joke. You're, you're allowed to laugh, okay. Y'all went really silent there. <laughs> And, uh, I, and you know, rather than resort to those extreme measures of, of charging fees and building toll roads and all of that, they said to me, Pastor Patty, we have a great idea. How about on a Sunday coming up or for a few Sundays, maybe you could talk about money? And I said, Sure, that would be fun. Because everybody knows, every pastor knows. Nobody wants to hear about money. Nobody wakes up on a Sunday and goes, well, I hope the pastor preaches about money today. That never happens. It is not appreciated. It's private and it's personal. And in the world we live in, you don't talk about money In polite society. It's a little bit vulgar. And so if you do have money, you're supposed to not flaunt it and not make anybody else feel uncomfortable. And if you don't have money, you're supposed to pretend you have it so that there's no awkward moments. And if you're a pastor and you do have any money at all, you should definitely not let anyone know because if you do, somebody will stand up at the annual business meeting and suggest that the pastor's being paid too much. That is also a joke. Please don't, please don't do that. <laughs> and, and so if you give, it, you, we're not supposed to talk about money. If you give, you should never talk about it. And if somebody does notice and says, hey, isn't that great? I just love your generosity. I just think it's so cool that you gave to whatever, you're supposed to immediately become embarrassed and turn the conversation in another direction. We're not supposed to talk about money, right? And and certainly. You don't talk about money at church. It doesn't belong in church. Pastor Patty, you're going to drive all the visitors away. Anybody that's here for the first time, everybody knows pastors only talk about money so that we can put a guilt trip on you and pressure you to give more. And we can add to the stashed hoard that we have of millions of dollars because everybody knows that that's what pastors are doing. We all have this massive stash of millions of do- You realize as I'm saying that out loud that that's not true, right? Okay. I don't have a stash. There's, there's no millions of dollars in our bank account. And, and so, you know, we're not supposed to talk about money at church. And can I just tell you, I don't get it. I don't understand why we're not allowed to talk about money for the life of me. I can't figure out why followers of Jesus aren't allowed to talk about money. Because we say that our faith affects every area of our life, right? And and we say, how many have money ever affected your life? How many of you that are married have ever had a financial conversation that affected your marriage? Maybe don't raise your hand, right? But finances, that money, that's a thing that impacts life. It's a thing that impacts our marriages. It impacts our friendships. It impacts almost everything. And it impacts our church. It just does. Money matters. And besides that, Jesus talked about it. Jesus talked about money. And if Jesus can talk about money, then I can talk about money. And so he actually had quite a bit to say about money. And so we're going to hit four places, all in the book of Matthew today. We're going to hit four different places where Jesus talked about money. And if you hear anything that sounds like it's tweetable, you just go ahead and tweet that as we go. Okay? Ready? Here we go, number one. Scripture number one, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Jesus said, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Can you imagine somebody blowing a trumpet as they give something? Anyway. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give, say that with me, When you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, I want you to notice a few things from this scripture. First of all, that phrase that you just said, when you give, right? What was the first word of that? When. Jesus assumes his disciples will give to people in need it's just a given it's just an assumption he doesn't even tell them to do it he just assumes they're going to it doesn't say if you give it says when you give and and the giving is supposed to be to help people it's supposed to help people how many know there are always people in need Always, people in need around us. There are always people who who have needs, who are in poverty, or who are struggling, or who just hit a crisis. There are always people in need, and it's all well and good for us all to rant and rave and say the government should do something, or complain about taxes, or talk about unemployment, or say that somebody should just pull their socks up and get their act together, and then they'll be fine. It's all well and good to do all of that, but the fact is, it is a given. It's assumed that followers of Jesus live generously. Okay? Here's the second thing I want you to notice. If you give to get approval or to get applause from people, you will get that. If you give... And, and, and people will say, if, if you give it away so that people will notice and they make a big scene about it and they pat you on the back, they will do that. They're going to pat you on the back. They're going to go, isn't that person so great? Oh, look at how wonderful so-and-so is. They gave all this money. And that will happen, and that will be your reward. That's it. Or, or, you could decide not to hold a parade for yourself and, and let God applaud you. Here's the third thing. Okay, because I know somebody's going to point this out to me. Just a few verses before, Jesus had said, let people see your good deeds. And now he says, give in private. Somebody goes, well, Pastor Patty, I was actually going to say that to you. I didn't want to correct you in public, but maybe you didn't notice that the last few weeks you've been saying we should do our good deeds out there so people can see and they will glorify God. And now you're saying, give privately. Yes, I'm aware that it sounds like I'm contradicting myself. But Jesus said both. Jesus said in one chapter, let people see your good deeds so people will glorify God. And then just a few verses later, he said, listen, give privately. Don't throw yourself a parade. Let people see your good deeds so they glorify God, not you, right? And, and it becomes a fine line. So it comes down and becomes a heart thing not a legalistic thing, not a law thing that this is the rule and this is how it works. This is about sometimes it's good for people outside of the church to understand and to know that followers of Jesus live generously. That's not a bad thing for people to know, right? But at the same time, sometimes we just need to quietly go out and meet a need somewhere and not really make a big deal about it. It's kind of a check and a balance and, and living both and, and finding the fine line between it. But the bottom line is... Give to help people in need. That's what followers of Jesus do. Somebody should probably tweet that or write it down. Okay, here's the, here's the second scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus said, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. Have you ever pictured a bird doing any of those things? For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work. They don't make their clothing. And yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Here's what I want you to pick up from that scripture, from these words of Jesus. Here's the first thing. Number one, accumulating stuff has no actual point. There's no point to all the stuff that we communicate, uh, accumulate. We accumulate stuff, and it gets wrecked. We get more stuff, and it gets stolen. We go out and buy more stuff, and, and it wears out. We get stuff, and then we pay somebody else an insurance policy so that if this stuff wears out or breaks or gets stolen or whatever, we can have somebody else, just in case, replace that stuff, which we probably didn't all need all that much in the first place. You know, there was a comedian, George Carlin, and somebody told me in the first service, Jerry Seinfeld, said the same thing, but talked about stuff. And said, stuff, we keep gathering stuff, we keep hoarding stuff, we keep go getting stuff. And really, he said, our houses are just big boxes to hold all our stuff. And so we have a house, and we put, we put our stuff inside the house, and then we lock the door, and we go out so that we can get more stuff, and we bring more and more stuff inside until we have to get a bigger box and a bigger house to house all of our stuff. And we keep getting stuff. A little bit true, yeah? Can I just tell you one of the things that makes my head explode just a little bit is um, I was told last year that one of the fastest growing industries in North America is storage units, off-site storage units. We have, you guys, so much stuff that we don't have room for it, so we pay to put it somewhere else, where we won't use it, where we don't even see it, where we probably forget that it's there at all, certainly not giving it away. And, and we put it over there because we have so much stuff. Accumulating stuff has no point. Yes? Let me, give you, let me give you a second thought, okay? You can't live for both God and money. You just can't. And you go, well, I think I can. No, you can't materialism and consumerism, that is in direct conflict with living your life for God. It just is. And, and you know, I listen to Christians, and I'm trying to be respectful here, but I listen to followers of Jesus argue about so many things. And they're so worried about other religions coming in, or they're worried about, you know, other whatever coming in, or they're worried about splitting hairs over some doctrinal issue that maybe doesn't matter as much as they think it matters. I rarely, rarely hear Christians talk about the insidious influence of materialism in our lives. I hardly ever hear followers of Jesus talk about how consumerism and materialism destroys our contentment and destroys our sense of gratefulness. And and it's constantly telling us we never have enough, always telling us we need more, there's a sale, go out, get more, stock up, make sure you hoard. And it's never, ever enough. Can I just tell you something? We don't need more. You know, every year for the last several years, I've taken um, a team of people, a different team every year, and I I take them to Ukraine. And uh, we do like a two-week missions trips there. And and we we spend usually our daytimes, just to break it down really simply, we spend our daytimes working with orphans in orphanages. And we spend our evenings going to tiny little village churches outside the city where we're based in Krivorog, which is sort of on the east, a little bit south part of, of Ukraine. And it, 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 the, the, when, you, when you're with the orphans, I mean, you see all kinds of poverty. You can, you can work with any of those kids and you can give them a, like a sticker or a pencil from the dollar store or whatever and they will, they will treasure that. They will cherish it because it's all they have. It is the one little thing they have that is just theirs and they will treasure it. And then we go in the evening to where these village churches are where there's just such desperate poverty and we're sitting in somebody's living room having a church service and we're all squished together. I've been in services where we're all sitting sideways because there's not room for us to sit this way and so we're all squished this way. And, and the poverty there is just unbelievable and sometimes we're taking food to senior citizens because there's not enough and they really are starving. And by the end of that trip, the team that i bring every time we're just giving stuff away because we're seeing it and we're realizing how much stuff we have and we don't need it and all of that and we're just giving it away and saying i'm gonna this is how i'm gonna live and then and then at the end of every trip we always take a day or two in kiev kiev is the capital city of ukraine it's much more westernized much wealthier than the area that we've been for two weeks. And we do that just to give a little bit of a buffer time between, you know, the missions and coming back home. And it is disturbing, truly, to see how quickly my team, and me included, can go from dealing with people living in such poverty and just giving everything, I don't need any more stuff, and we can arrive in Kiev, and within a few hours, we see a mall, and we see stores... And there's these tourist attractions and we start going, oh, I need this. Oh, I need to buy some souvenirs to take home. Oh, I just look at those shoes. I really need them. I have to get them. Right? And we start, and we start, it, we start just changing and all of a sudden it, it's amazing how fast that consumer mentality can take over again. It's scary. We can have money and serve God. We can. I'm not talking about a poverty mentality. But we can't live for both God and money. We can have money, but we need to make sure that the money and the stuff that we have is serving what matters and not the other way around. Let me give you one other thing from this this scripture. Pursue God first. First. Pastor Bill talked about this last week and he just he just spoke on it so amazingly and talked about that, about don't, don't, you guys, don't pursue money. Don't pursue stuff. Don't pursue food. Don't pursue clothes. Go after God with everything that's in you. Go after God's priorities. Go after God's values. God already knows what we need. So live responsibly, yes. Make a budget, of course, we offer courses here at the church to help you with that, and we, we're going to do it again. I, I believe in practical stuff, and we've got to do that kind of thing. And, and, and work for a living if we can in order to make an income. Yes, all those things. We have to have wisdom. We have to be good stewards, all those things. But materialism and consumerism will never, ever, ever say that's enough. It will never stop pushing you to go for more. And and don't put your trust, don't put your security there. Trust God. Find God. Live for God. Pursue God. Not stuff. It's just what followers of Jesus do. Somebody should probably tweet that. Or write it down. Here's the third scripture. Matthew 17, verse 24. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Say that with me. Temple tax. It's got some great sound to it, eh? Temple tax. Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people? Or the people they've conquered? Um, they tax the people they've conquered, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. That's a weird story, yeah? It's a little bit weird when you put the list of things Jesus said. I want you to notice from that temple tax say that with me again temple tax it's for the upkeep and maintenance of the place where they worship god imagine that and and there was some there was some controversy of course over whether or not people should have to pay the temple tax Because some of them said, I am very proud to be able to worship where I worship. And I'm glad to be able to go there. And out of gratefulness and excitement for that, I am quite happy to pay the temple tax so that to keep up and maintain everything that's happening there. And others were saying they shouldn't have to pay that temple. They always just want more money. They just want tax. And the temple is there to serve me. And so there was a little bit of controversy over the whole idea of a temple tax? Imagine that. And and Jesus said, listen, we don't have to pay the temple tax. No, we're God's kids. We don't have to do that. It's not going to affect our status as part of God's family. But he said to Peter, let's not make it an issue. Let's not make it something that we fight over. Let's, Let's not offend people or get all outraged. Let's just pay it. And then he made a weird joke about finding the money in a fish's mouth. Some scholars think that was a joke because Jesus made jokes sometimes. I'm going to blurt something out. Can I just suggest, everybody take a deep breath right now, okay? (sighs) Okay, we're all good? Okay, because I'm going to blurt something out here. You can attend this church as long as you want and never give a cent. You are welcome to do that. Nobody's going to come after you. Nobody's going to kick you out. Nobody's going to grab you by the collar and say, I checked, you didn't give. That's not going to impact your salvation. It's not going to impact your place in God's family. I'll tell you what it will impact. If you want to be on the board or the lead team, you've got to be somebody that gives because we figure the people that are making the financial decisions should have a little skin in the game. That's not That's not unreasonable okay? But it's not going to affect anybody else. So you can attend here for as long as you want. You can never give a cent, and you're welcome to do that. But somebody is paying the bills. That's okay that I say that, right? Somebody's paying the bills. They're, they're probably sitting next to you. Oh, it just got a little awkward. <laughs> there's, there's no government funding at this church, there's no denominational funding. We have a national office in Mississauga, Ontario. They are not writing us a check every month to keep us going. That's not how, we just have people who say, that's my church. And I'm proud to be part of it. And I'm gonna take responsibility and I'm gonna help doing this. I'm a, I'm a proud owner. That's how bills get paid here. Through Sunday offerings. That's it. Sit to. That's right. That's right. I threw a little French in. Without the offering and without the the things that come in every week on Sunday mornings, here's what we don't have. We don't have internet access. We don't have website. We don't have phones. We don't have email. You don't have words on the screen right there. Without the Sunday offerings, you don't have the giant camera shot of me behind me on the screen, which is awkward when you're me. You don't have lights on in this place. You don't have... The small groups have no material. They have no promotion because there's no vehicle or venue to be able to promote the small groups in. There's no oversight given to the the small groups. Without Sunday offerings, visitors don't receive a personal note from the the pastor. There's no insurance, either property insurance or liability insurance. Our ministerial credentials are canceled because they expire. There's no training or curriculum for leaders, even the kids' leaders, we also don't have any pastors, no pastors, no support staff, nobody working in the office. We don't have a Francophone campus on the east side, and the list goes on and on and on. If we don't have people that give and say, that's my church, that's what we lose, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you something, and you're all going to gasp, and then I'm going I'm to talk you down, and it's going to be okay, because I practiced it with my mother, and that's exactly what happened with her, okay? So, don't, don't freak out, okay? We need in this church, in order to do all the things that this church does, we need every single week $25,198. That's where you gasp. When I told my mom that this week, she said, oh, oh Patty. That's what she said. Oh, Patty. And I said, Mom, just hang on, because that's what's needed to to keep this place running every week. But if you break that down by our total attendance, so I averaged out our attendance, the total attendance for January. Not counting today, I haven't counted yet today. But the first four Sundays in January, I counted, and we averaged 835 people total, okay? So if you break that down, $25,198 divided by um, 835 people, it costs, you ready? 30 dollars and 18 cents the 18 cents matters 30 dollars and 18 cents for every man woman senior senior teenager infant child and their pets not their pets that's what it costs every sunday every week 30 dollars and 18 cents per person and that covers everything that happens here all week long It covers everything at the campus. It covers everything international. We prayed for missionaries in Ukraine this morning. We support them. We support missionaries all over the world. We have all kinds of international things that we support. It covers our mortgage. It covers our insurance. It covers our payroll. It covers utilities. Everything. $30.18 per person per week. And I'm just being honest with you. January has been a rough month. And it usually is. For every church. And you know why? because we all got our credit card bills from Christmas. (laughs) We'll talk about that on a different Sunday, shall we? So do you have to give? No, it's not going to impact your salvation. But we do give proudly, happily, sacrificially. Our pastors and our lead team here and our leadership, we believe in what's happening here. We value it. This is our church. Say it with me. This is my church. And many of us tithe. We give 10% of our income. You go, that's crazy. I've been doing it since I was six years old and got my first allowance. Every single week, 10% of everything I get, I give. That I've been doing it, the board does it, the pastors do it, and we're happy to do it. And can I just tell you, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to cause outrage about all of this kind of thing, over this money thing. It's just not worth fighting over. But it's just a fact that there are costs. It's a fact. And somebody has to pay them so that we can all be here together and worship together in this space. And if it's not you, it's probably the person sitting beside you. Maybe you should say thank you to them. Or maybe go fishing and see if you catch a fish with some money in its mouth. Listen, the bottom line is churches have expenses. Owners care. Somebody should tweet that. Here's the last scripture. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what's good, Jesus replied. There's only one who's good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. I love this conversation. And Jesus replied, You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? And Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions, lots of stuff. Verse 23, then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's hard, very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven I'll say it again, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. There's a lot in this story. I'm going to super simplify it. Okay, here's the first thing. If you're negotiating with Jesus, you're missing the point. Okay? I love this conversation. The guy comes up to Jesus and he asks this question and he says, What good deed do I need to do? One thing. He wanted one thing that would just cover it all. Well, give me the one thing, I can do it, be done, and I'm good to go with God. And Jesus answered, mm, Keep. Keep keeping the commandments. The guy says, what's the one thing? Jesus goes, lifelong obedience, right? It's not one thing, it's lifelong obedience. And so the guy responds and he goes, okay, which commandments? Which ones? And you know he's not asking which ones he's supposed to keep. He's asking which ones he's allowed to ignore, right? Which which commandments do I have to keep and which ones am I allowed to ignore? And Jesus goes, okay, I'll play along with this. And so he gives a whole list. Here's a, here's a list of the commandments, as you know. But the guy knew and Jesus knew that Jesus had skipped one of the commandments when he gave that list. Guy knew his Bible. He knew that when Jesus went through that whole list, he had skipped one of the ones. And the, ones that he, the one that he skipped was about coveting stuff. The one that's about keeping up with the Joneses. The one that's about has to do with money. And the guy knows Jesus skipped it. And so the guy looks at Jesus and he goes, you sure that's all? And Jesus looks him right in the eye. And he goes, okay, walk away from what owns you. And then come and follow me. Whoa. And what owned him was money. What owned him was stuff. And he was really hoping that he could negotiate that out of the deal. He was missing the point. Here's the second thing from this scripture. The disciples were shocked, just stunned, when Jesus said, um, <clears throat> when Jesus said, "It's hard for rich people." to get into the kingdom of heaven, because their understanding was that riches equals God's blessing. Wealth equals God's blessing. How many have ever heard something like that in today's? Don't answer that. right? They thought that wealth equals God's blessing. So they said, okay, if wealth means God blesses you, but even rich people are going to struggle to be part of the kingdom of heaven, then how much worse is it for the rest of us? How can anyone who in the world can be saved? Jesus looks them right in the eye, and he says, nobody, except because of God. Because we've all got something we would like to negotiate out of the deal. Yes, I'd I'd like to be a follower of Jesus, and I'm good with this part, and this part, and this part. This part I'm going to exempt. I'm just going to, I'm not going to do that part. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, but I'm going to go, I'll give you twice on this one and not do this one. And it, and it doesn't work like that. We've all got something that we'd like to negotiate out of the deal of following Jesus. And the fact is, in this society and in this part of the world where we live, often the thing that we want to negotiate out is the money part. It just is. And so we say, well, I plan to give in the future. I plan to give when I can afford it. I plan to give when I have more and when I have enough for me. And the fact is materialism and consumerism will never, ever let you get there. They will say, we can never afford it. There's always more. You don't have enough. But it's not always money. I don't know what owns you. All of us have something that it's whatever owns you. You know what it is. Jesus knows what it is. And if you ask sincerely as a follower of Jesus, he might tell you to walk away from it and then come and follow him. That might be the bottom line, that it's, it's a lifelong, daily decision to follow Jesus, not a one-time deal. Somebody should definitely tweet that. Money. That wasn't so bad this morning, right? We're okay? Everybody's still breathing? We can we can keep this pastor. Okay? Here's what I want you to do, because this is super practical, so I'd warned you about this at the beginning. Pull out your cell phone, pull out your pen and paper, pull out your tablet, whatever it is. Because I want you to write something down because if what I say today doesn't impact the rest of the week, then who cares? Okay? So there's thing, there's something I want you to do somewhere in the middle of this week. You can pick when maybe Wednesday, I'm going to say Wednesday for now. We'll put it on social media, be on the website. I want you to stop on Wednesday and take five minutes, beginning of the day, end of the day, doesn't matter. Take five minutes and think about what your day has looked like. Think about what, what activities you've done, where you've been, all of that kind of stuff, process it. And then I want you to just ask yourself these four questions, which are based on the scriptures we looked at. First one, to whom am I giving financially? Financially. Who? Because Jesus assumed I would. So who am I giving to financially? What people am I helping? And then I want you uh, to, to look at the second question and think about your day and go, according to the day that I've just had and the week that I'm having and what I'm doing, am I pursuing God or stuff? Just ask yourself that question. And then... When you get to the third question, just pause and think through some of the things we've talked about. And go, okay, am I an owner at my church? Can anybody tell that I'm an owner at my church? And then ask yourself that last question. What owns me? What's owning me? Is there anything Jesus might be asking me to walk away from? And then set a reminder on your phone to check those four questions sometime in the middle of this week. Is that fair? I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would. Just stand. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to close this service in prayer. And and after that, there are going to be people here at the front. So if you are here and you want to receive prayer for any reason at all, if you want to know more about Jesus, if you need somebody just to pray over a need that you have or you don't understand something that's happened today, there's gonna be people right here across the front. We know who they are. They know what they're doing. They'd be happy to pray for you. Just come on up and you can talk to them. And then also, as soon as we're finished praying, make sure you say hello to each other and head down to the Connect Cafe because there is some great stuff happening down there and you could take a few extra minutes and say hello to each other. But before we do that, can I just ask you, hold out your hand like this. For me, holding out my hands is a symbol of of submission and inviting God in. And God, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to, to come in and to work with our minds and our hearts. We say thanks, God, because you gave us your word and because Jesus talked about things so practical as money. And we're welcoming you, Holy Spirit, to nudge us about that. I'm inviting you, Holy Spirit, to kind of elbow us sometime this week, maybe on Wednesday, and remind us to look at those four questions, see what the answers are, just so we consider it. And God, I'm asking that you would fill each one of us up with your Holy Spirit so that we can walk out of here and we can carry you to our world. God, would you help us to carry Jesus well to our workplace, to our families, to our schools, to our neighborhoods, to our friends, to every, everywhere we go this week. Would you help us to represent Jesus well and act and talk and behave in such a way that people see Jesus? Help us to do good, love each other, and reveal Jesus. I ask that you would cover and protect every single person here and that you would meet our needs and you would help us to honor you and that you would bring us back safely next week. And we ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you next week.